What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Spiceworks On The Air pre-show podcast episode 69. We've got a great show coming up for you guys today. We're going to be talking with Eric Crone from Know Before and all about how hackers are using headlines from the news to exploit your users and what you can be doing about it. Plus, some of the latest developments on deepfake technology and what Know Before is looking into about how you should be incorporating that into your training and what you should be on the lookout for. So without further ado, here is Eric. All right, on the phone today, we are joined by one of our favorite guests on On The Air. We're excited to have him back representing Know Before as one of their info security evangelists, Mr. Eric Crone. Eric, welcome back. How's it going today, sir? Man, it is always, always great to be here. I love doing stuff with you guys, and uh, I'm sure you say that to all the, the people, <laughs> Well, yes, but we mean it with for you the most uh, out of all the people we saw, <laughs> too. Uh, Eric, you are going to be joining us on our July 24th show. It's going to be a really interesting one, and we're going to be talking all about fake news. Of course, not in the political sense, but fake news in the phishing scams that can come on uh, and attacking our users after kind of major current events happen and folks are a little more click happy because they want to know exactly what what goes on. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about what you guys have seen from a Noba before perspective on you know what we should know about this phenomenon? So yeah, um, you know we we see this all the time. Whenever there's a, a news event or something like that that happens, you know the Notre Dame Cathedral burning thing. That was definitely one of those ones that we saw a lot of stuff. But on the flip side, also. Um, a new trend that we're kind of seeing is things where um, there are major events that are about to happen. Let's think about that like uh, Amazon Prime Day. We know that's coming. It's advertised all over. It's a big deal. It's like the Super Bowl of online shopping, right? And so what we saw was we saw some actual phishing uh, kits. I think it was called a 16 Shop set up to target Amazon users. So you know this is coming. Why not turn around and start getting some phishing campaigns ready because all the elements are there, right? Um, urgency, you got those lightning deals uh, that happen with Amazon Prime Day. Uh, so they're, they're going to be limited in time. So pop some of that stuff in there. We, we know that they're, they're leveraging stuff like that. So it's, it's pretty crazy, frankly. Mm-hmm. And, and the Amazon makes a lot of sense, right? Because then you put up a fake Amazon page, have people log in, and boom, you've got people's account information. They can order whatever they want. But the Notre Dame Cathedral one was interesting to me because you know that was obviously a big news. It was all over the internet, social media, et cetera. But what what exactly were the bad guys trying to do uh, during that whole thing while that was going on? Well, I mean, basically what they try to do is they try to get you to click on things or follow links um, by using an emotional trigger. That's really what it boils down to. So we saw some different things with that. Um, we saw where they were blaming it on certain religious groups. We saw where, you know, stuff like that was going that was already working on um, – heightened emotional states, uh, if you will, or biases or stereotypes. Um, and they really leveraged that in, in that situation. And I think because it's such a, um, you know, a major uh, thing, you know, I mean, this is a landmark that's known for, uh, you know, throughout the world. And then to have this happen and then to pin it on something else, 
uh, in these troubled times, they were just really able to spike those emotional responses. And that, that's what they're going after. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you would say that the reason why these, the, these attacks, I mean, whether it's Prime Day or just current events, uh, are so powerful is because of the emotional tie. I mean, is that always going to be kind of the leading, um, you know, driver for whether users are going to be more susceptible to these types of attacks? Yeah, I think the more they can trigger emotions, right? And this is how it works. The more emotional they can get you, the less critical thinking you're going to do. That's just a fact of life. Now, the emotions can be helpfulness, like, oh, my gosh, this person is stuck. They need help and blah, blah, blah. And they may scam you for for money, right? We see that after, um, you know, major events as well, flooding and things like that. Um, It could be fear. It could be working on these, you know, political tensions. I don't know if you noticed, but there's been one or two uh, years of political tensions. Going on here, right? <laughs> Say the um, least. And so, right, exactly. And, and so they do all that. And, and the reason is, again, to make you not think critically. Now, every phishing email, every um, uh, vishing attack or smishing attack is going to have a sense of urgency. It just does, right? So that's always going to be there. But the other player in that, again, helpfulness, maybe greed, like the Nigerian print scam, um, all of those have, have some play on that. But the urgency is definitely the, the key one. That's in all of those. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, how then should we be preparing our users for it? Is it fair to be like, well, you should just be less emotional, you should be less reactive when these are kind of just human nature? <laughs> Right, right. Uh, yeah, tough it out, right? Uh, <laughs> no, what I like to tell people, honestly, is is when you get an email that, that elicits like an emotional response or, or a text message from your bank saying you may have been hacked, you need to go do this, or the phone call from, you know, Microsoft saying you have a virus, uh, anytime you have something like that that elicits that emotional response that kind of makes you go, <gasps> then take a step back for a second and really really focus on the critical thinking. Start asking, does this really make sense? Does the story they're saying make sense? Because usually if we think about it from the outside looking in, uh, we can pick it apart and go, yeah, that's just dumb. We know the IRS doesn't take iTunes gift cards, right? Uh, but when they're in your face, uh, that's a whole different story. So if we can just get people to, uh, if they get riled up by something, just take that step back and, and look at it a little bit closer than they normally would. That'll do a whole lot for them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in addition to preparing them, are there ways that we can incorporate this into our testing? It seems a little icky to be, you know, creating phishing tests based on, you know, national and international tragedies. And yet we know that the bad guys aren't holding back. They don't have any qualms about it. So, you know, what is your take on, on how should we do approach this type of testing? Well, Justin, um, I like your term icky. That's a very strong term, obviously. Very official. Uh, very technical yes. term, right? Um, well, you know, in our platform specifically, we have a series of templates that's not safe for work. Um, and, and those are those are designed to take on some of these. We don't necessarily want everybody to do that, and it doesn't necessarily fit in well with all cultures, right? It, it depends on where you are with that. I would say if you can't send those to try to inoculate those people, at least be sending out information saying this is what's going on, this is what they look for or look like or may look like. So keep an eye open for these just to get people thinking about it, even if you are in a situation that you may not be able to send out some of these um, edgier ones. Uh, you know. Otherwise, yeah, you're right. I mean, the, if we don't prepare the folks for this and they're not aware of it, 
you know, then they're, they're easy prey. All right. Well, that is great advice, and, and we'll certainly talk about that on the show. I did want to switch topics a little bit because uh, I, I understand you are also, uh, in addition to fake news, in, from, a, from a phishing perspective, you know, some of the evolutions in deep fake technology are also sort of on the cusp of uh, being able to exploit users in the same way. And this is something that you've been researching. Can you tell us a little bit more about uh, what you've been looking at? Yeah, it's it's pretty scary, the advances that we're seeing. And and at first, it seems kind of like innocuous, right? Like, it's fun stuff. If you think about some of the filters like Instagram stuff with face swap and all that. Um, but what if you take that technology and now weaponize it, right? And make people think that you're, you know, you're FaceTiming someone that, that they aren't or that people are saying something they aren't. I mean, if you want to talk about getting people emotionally riled, especially in politics, you know, make your favorite politician say something that's completely off, uh, you know, off of your side of thinking or incredibly controversial. And next thing you know, you got people clicking on things and and, and doing all kinds of stuff. And this technology is is amazing to me. And yeah, I, I've been dabbling in a little bit. I'm, I've been playing with something called um, Deep Face Lab. Uh, it's, it's a GitHub, you know, free download sort of thing. And uh, you can take bits of video and use an AI to learn two different faces and then try to replace one with the other. It's not perfect. It does take a lot of computing power and uh, and some time. Uh, but it amazes me how far we've come with even the free tools uh, that we're able to do that. And uh, I think it was uh, – Gosh, I think it was Samsung that did it. Uh, they were able to take a still photograph and make it look like it was talking um, using AI and all that. And it was remarkable how well it was done. Now, this isn't stuff that's available on GitHub yet and takes you know, obviously a lot of power. Uh, but it's amazing how far we're coming and how quickly we're getting there. So I see in the future where we'll be able to manipulate what people say, what people think, um, you know, or, or what we're hearing uh, into getting people riled up again, once again, emotional connection and and getting them to take some actions. Uh, it's pretty scary and cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, how how do you anticipate these being, ex, you know, exploiting us, users or you know victims' emotions in in a way that would be you know financially beneficial? I understand kind of like the political disruption element of it, but do you see it being something where folks could be tricked into giving login information or financial information or something like that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, imagine this. Imagine uh, your favorite politician says something that's completely, you know, like I said, uh, off base with. with with what they're normally saying, and then uh, at the bottom of this link with that video, it's come sign the petition to tell them they're you know they're a fool, and you have them give up a bunch of information. You know, hey, we need your name, we need your address, we need your social security number because you're a voter. I mean, if you get someone riled up enough, they're not thinking about that. They're just like rawr, you know, we're going after it on the internet here, um, and. and it would be so easy to leverage that into being able to gather some of that information or get somebody to log into their email, you know, uh, make it look like an email link, go to a, a Gmail login or something, have them put their information in there when really, um, you know, it's just man in the middling them, uh, which isn't hard to do these days. They do it all the time. So there's a lot of different ways that could be weaponized. Uh, all of them are scary. Um <laughs> 
but uh, it's fascinating to see how creative they're going to be with this new medium too because we see what they do with phone calls. We see what they do with text messages and plain emails. Now what are they going to be able to do now with this, uh, with this video stuff? For sure. For sure. Well, Eric, thank you so much for, for hopping on the line today. Again, we're, we're excited to have you in. Uh, that episode is going to be on July the 24th. And word on the street is you're actually working on your own little deep fake video, uh, possibly based on previous uh, events that you and I have done together. Are you uh, prepared to, can you confirm or deny that? Um, I can confirm I'm working on it. We're going to see uh, just how horribly this turns out. Um, uh, it is a, it is like I said, it's a, it's a interesting technology uh, that does have a lot of uh, factors involved. But I'm, I'm pretty decent. I can come up with something that at least gets the idea across in time for, uh, for our little soiree there. So we'll see how that goes. All right. Well, you guys are definitely not going to want to miss this. Um, again, make sure to check that out for more information about this episode and all things on the air. You can follow us in the Spiceworks community at community.spiceworks.com slash on the air. And until then, Eric, good luck with that video. We hope to see it and uh, we can't wait to hang out with you here in Austin. See you soon. Take care, Eric.